Talk Radio 96.7 is talking sports in the Ozone. The Ozone, brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors of Lakeland. The Ozone, with Ronnie O and Coach Joe. All right, Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone, just taking names and kicking posteriors, and we want you to join in. The number is 682-1430. That's 682-1430. If you're technologically inclined, you can reach us at ozone at hallradio.net. That's ozone at hallradio.net. Well, I have nicknamed this dread disease that so many of our current media people have of muscular recentitis. What that is is they think that today's athletes are the only great athletes ever in the history of sports. Not the case. I just heard a guy on national radio say, Victor Wimbanyama, who is a French guy who's probably going to be the first overall pick in the NBA draft tonight, is the greatest first pick ever in the history of the NBA draft. I would submit Wilt Chamberlain, Lou Alcindor, who went on to be Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, um, Hakeem Olajuwon would be a couple that Shaq. Uh, People were pretty excited about LeBron. When, yeah, yeah. When, when uh, Cleveland picked him. Yeah. Can you think of any others? Well, those are the most obvious ones that, that jump out. I can think of guys who who amounted to nothing. Who were yeah. <laughs> everybody was pretty excited about it, and they were the best thing since sliced bread. You know, uh, just a reminder. You mentioned Olajuwon. Of course, uh, that same draft a couple picks later was um, uh, Michael something uh, Jordan. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. that guy. Yeah. yeah, he was pretty good. Yeah, pretty good owner too. I mean, I mean, even though his team, the Hornets, didn't win, he just sold a minority share or the majority share of the Hornets. He made a couple billion dollars on the deal. That's all? Yeah, a couple billion. In other words, all that Nike money and all that NBA money, nothing. Once he just he bought he bought the Hornets about uh, 10, 10, 15 years ago for a song. Actually, it was about 2003. Bought them for next to nothing. And now he made $2 billion on the deal. Eric scoffs at that. Yeah. That's a chunk change. Yeah. <laughs> he found that much in his couch cushions. You know what Eric calls that? Thursday. <laughs> Every Thursday. It's just another another deal. <laughs> Many holdings uh, of the Eric Clark Enterprise. Oh, uh, Enterprise is unlimited. Yeah. yeah. That's what Definitely. we do. <laughs> and he won't even let us use his Learjet, any of his yachts. Uh, no. Doesn't pick us up in limos. You got to have them first. <laughs> Yeah, we have to have them. You've got them, and you won't let us use them. But, you know, that's the legendary Clarkster. Well, the Tampa Bay Rays continue to dominate Major League Baseball as they now have a five-game lead over the Orioles. They're playing the Orioles right now. And you had some late news on the Rays, Coach Joe. Yeah, I understand. uh, This came up just before uh, showtime that – Shane McClanahan uh, was the starting pitcher tonight, and he left the game in the fourth inning. So uh, apparent injury, we're waiting to hear more from that. That was according to the ESPN uh, alert that we received here at the station. So we're going to keep an eye on that. Obviously, he's one of the best pitchers the Rays have had the last couple of years. He's probably the best pitcher in the American League right now, and uh, we'll have to hope that it's nothing serious. Yeah, you hope not. They've had a lot of bad breaks like that, but – you know what? Their minor league system is full of guys that you really haven't heard of. They bring him up, and the guy's a star. And then the guy gets he's been there four or five years, and 
they trade him and he goes somewhere else and he stinks. And then the Rays get about four prospects who all become stars. It, it is amazing what they're able to do with a low budget. They are the best team in baseball right now by far. And, and even in the difficult American League East where every team has a winning record, they're five and a half games up. That's uh, amazing. Yeah. It really is. You got to see him in person yesterday. Yeah, how, I did. How did they so look? Play the Orioles. And, you know, I, I like that stadium. It's nice. It's indoors. It's just in the wrong place. And uh, the, the Rays look good. I mean, they're just a good all-around ball club. They've got it all. But um, speaking of having it all, we have it all tonight <laughs> because coming up after the break, our guest is going to be Kansas State's Hall of Fame football coach, Bill Snyder. The Kansas State Wildcats is going to be on with us, and we are really excited to have Coach Snyder. So you're listening to Ronnie O and Coach Joe on Talk Radio 96.7 WLKF. What's up, everybody? This is Matt Laporta, the Florida Gators career home run leader and former MLB player. You're listening to Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone. Ozone with Ronnie O and Coach Joe brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors of Lakeland. All right, Ronnie O and Coach Joe. We're having a little trouble getting Coach Snyder. Hopefully we'll be able to get in touch with him, but right now we've been unsuccessful. Well, right now the Rays are tied 2-2 with the Royals, and hopefully the Shane McClanahan injury is something minor. Uh, certainly hate to see anything happen to the Rays' ace. Also, in the College World Series right now, Wake Forest and LSU, two great pitching performances already. Nothing, nothing right now. And, uh, well, I tell you what, these two pitchers, Paul Skeens and Rhett Lauder for Wake Forest, are both just dealing, man. It is unbelievable what's going on there. Those guys just have the hitters eaten out of their hands. So we're going to go to the bottom of the fifth, or I guess top of the sixth right now, with the game nothing-nothing. And uh, so as a Florida Gator fan, we're hoping for an 18-inning thriller in which they'll have to pitch everybody, including, like, outfielders. And we hope the manager has to pitch. I want to see a game that just won't end. Just keep keep going. Keep That's going. right. That's right. <laughs> Throw Maybe as many even, pitches as possible. <laughs> yeah, carry over into tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, that would be just fine because uh, both teams have you know, great pitching, and uh, so, so do the Gators. So having the opportunity to be better positioned can be the one thing that might make a difference. Now, it is best two out of three come this weekend. So uh, pitching depth is going to be really important because you have two or three games o- over the weekend. So you 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 can't just rely on one guy. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, I'm headed out there Saturday, taking my grandson, headed out to Omaha, and it'll be the second time I've gone. I went in 2017 when the Gators won their first national championship, beating LSU in uh, two games, and uh, it's really thrilling, very exciting to be out there and. People are very warm and friendly out there in Omaha. Had a lot of fun, um, ran into a lot of great people out there. And I tell you what, LSU has to be commended. They turn out. It was maybe 15-1 to 1 LSU over the Gators in 2017. But, um, well, I tell you what, we have a great guest tonight, one of the all-time greats, Coach Bill Snyder, Hall of Fame football coach for the Kansas State Wildcats, and we are just absolutely thrilled. Welcome to the Ozone with Ronnie O and Coach Joe, Coach Snyder. 
Well, thank you very much. I'm honored to be on your show. Oh, my goodness, Coach. No, the honor is ours. I'll tell you what, one of the things that I admired about you is you have to be absolutely fearless. You had coached under John McKay at Southern Cal and Hayden Fry, two Hall of Fame coaches. And in 1989, you took the Kansas State coaching job. They had had one bowl game, and the last conference title was in 1934. What promise did you see there? Why would you take that job? Well, uh, first of all, I needed a job. (laughs) (laughs) Secondly, there there was absolutely no way to go other than up. So you really couldn't lose when you think about it. <laughs> uh, well, it took a little while, but you certainly turned it around. I had a chance to talk to one of your former players, Derek McBride, mm-hmm. today. And he oh, yeah. has been successful here in Lakeland and a fine young man. And he attributes a lot of that to the discipline that you taught him. He said that when they walked in there, you said, there'll be no facial hair here. You're going to act like young men. You're not going to just wear T-shirts around. You're going to look like you represent Kansas State University, and we're going to be proud of you. Talk a little bit about the discipline that you brought to that program. Well, I think, you know, uh, some people call it discipline. I think it's just an appropriate way of life as much as anything. The same way as I always address, it's the same way they will address their children uh, when that time comes. Uh, and it was, you know, Kansas State football, uh, along with, you know, a number of programs and college football in general, had kind of taken a, oh, a hit, if you will, you know, in regards to the behavior of <clears throat> student athletes. And uh, it was significant to me that if you were going to represent your university, you would do it you know, uh, the best way possible. And so that was, that was kind of our, uh, the ground floor of our program was, you know, to bring in young people who, uh, who cared about doing things the right way, uh, who uh, wanted to behave themselves, if you will, uh, wanted to represent their families well. Uh, and, you know, if they were on the edge, it was a matter of them being willing to, you know, learn, you know, what might be an appropriate way to live their lives. You know, Coach, and, it was, and, and to me, that was, that's what, you know, whether it's a football coach, basketball coach, a coach, a teacher of any sorts, I mean, that's first and foremost. You know, is to do the best that you can to develop quality young people, and you know the the knowledge part of certain areas is uh, is secondary to that, and that was the way we approached it. And and the, the important thing was it wasn't just talk; it was you know we meant it that way, and the discipline was directed towards that. And I think our players learned over time. To accept that, you know, initially it was there was some uncertainty on their part. You know, who is this guy? What's he trying to do? Et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> but over a period of time, you know, if you stick to your guns, and they learned that uh, you know he's serious about this, and maybe we should try it. And they did, and 
uh, we developed some wonderful young people through that program. We're talking tonight with the Hall of Fame coach, Bill Snyder, coach, longtime coach of the Kansas State University Wildcats, 682-1430, 682-1430, if you want to join in on the conversation. Uh, coach, uh, coach Joe here, I wanted to ask you, you know, down here in Florida, we've, we've seen our, our, our share of great uh, project coaches who've built teams uh, out of that that didn't have a lot yeah. of history. Uh, Howard Schnellenberger at Miami, we saw Charlie Pell build up Florida, and then Steve Spurrier take it a little bit farther. Saw Tony Dungy build up the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And sure. um, when you when you get to a place like Kansas, I mean, you know, going or Kansas State rather, you know, going in it, when you went in there, they in in 1989. The previous seven seasons, they had seven total wins, and they were coming off a 27-game winless streak. Uh, so mm-hmm. when you arrive uh, and you see what's there, are you going to do – or did you do like Deion Sanders at Colorado, just get rid of everybody, or is it more of slowly build it and and figure out as you go along? Uh, what What is it you saw when you got to Kansas State? Well, and first and foremost, <clears throat> we couldn't – you know, we we really couldn't afford it to, you know, just clean the house because the house was, uh, at that time you could have 90, I think it was 95 on scholarship. That was the NC2A limit. And we had 45 youngsters wow. on scholarship. And we didn't have many more than that in the program totally. How how did so that was, happen? Uh, was that uh, where they where, where you didn't have the scholarships? Did they lose players? How did they get to that situation? Well, they just they just lost players. You know, it was players really didn't want to be there unless they had no other options, and so very few came and very few few stayed. They had gone through uh, oh, uh, an NC two A uh, scholarship issue several years before, but uh, they just hadn't built it back up yet. At, uh, at that point in time. But it was, uh, you know, uh, a situation that was really in, in dire need. And they hadn't, uh, as I said, I think they had won one ball game in the previous, I don't know, six seasons or four seasons. Maybe that's what it was. But they had not, they had had one winning season in the previous I don't know, 60 years, something like that. Uh, and it was uh, it was just a program that everyone accepted as being, you know, a poor program that was not going to be successful. <laughs> well, uh, you young see, people didn't want to go there. You certainly uh, turned it around, Coach. didn't want to go there. Well, I, I was fortunate and. Like I said, we did have, you know, we had not necessarily great football players by any stretch of the imagination, but but good young people that we were able to keep in the program. And it was a matter of, you know, I we didn't go in and say, you know, we're going to win right now. It was just a matter of our goals were always just to get better and hopefully to be better the second year than we were the first and so on down the road. What was the turning point? Excuse me. That's the way it worked out. What was the turning point, Coach? When did you realize, hey, this might work out? Well, I don't think I ever – 
I don't think I ever saw it any other way. I don't think I ever felt that it wouldn't work out. Uh, I just felt that it was going to take, you know, uh, efforts from a lot of different people and that there was a certain direction we needed to move. And fortunately, we moved in that direction. I did, I did uh, come to uh, closure on the, on the idea that it was going to take time, and I didn't become impatient, you know, with it by any stretch of the imagination. <clears throat> and I wasn't, you know, one of those, you know, you're going to win right now or you jump out and go someplace else. Uh, so I, I was committed to it, and that became significant because people appreciated, Kansas State people appreciated the fact that I was committed to it. And consequently, that uh, <clears throat> that aroused their commitment, you know, a great deal. And more and more people became invested in the program uh, from a, uh, a support staff, from alumni, uh, down to the players. Uh, it, it just, it was one of those things, you know, we wanted to get better every day. That was kind of our uh, code, was find a way to get better every single day of our lives. And the young people in our program and people surrounding it took that to heart, and indeed we did. You know, that's one thing I always said. Uh, whatever we accomplished at Kansas State, the main thing was we did get better every day. Well, when Kansas State, uh, when you joined Kansas State in 1989, Coach, uh, they were the Big Eight, which was basically Oklahoma, Nebraska, and uh, six other teams. Mm -hmm. uh, you were the Big Eight Coach of the Year in 1990, 1991, and 1993. And then uh, by 1998, they were the Big 12. And you had Michael Bishop and Darren Sproles. You went undefeated and had the number one mm -hmm. team in the country at the end of the regular season. And, and uh, at that point, is it a was it just better, more people wanted to come to Kansas State, or were you finding gems? Uh, you know, I think about Darren Sproles and, and what a great player he was. But I don't mm -hmm. recall if coming into college, if anybody was familiar with him. Is he, is he, did you look for players like him? Or, or, yes. Yeah. So what was it, uh, what, what, uh, what was it about him? You know, if, if you couldn't, could you get the, the higher rank, the bluer chips, or, or was uh, or did you look for diamonds like Sproles? Well, you know, it was it was apparent to me very quickly that no, we couldn't. You know, yeah. I know our coaches, uh, the coaches I had on my staff. I mean, they were very uh, aggressive and uh, enthusiastic and excited, and uh, felt confident that they in their recruiting capabilities. <clears throat> excuse me, and they wanted to go out and recruit the best around. And uh, and I let them do it for a year, and we came up empty-handed. And I realized at that time that uh, that's not that's not our recruiting base. You know, our base is going to be a step down from that, and we're going to recruit those young guys that we feel strongly about their character, kind of person they are, uh, their willingness to work, uh, desire to become the best that they can become. Uh, and certainly have, you know, some skill level. And that's the direction that we went. And, and and it worked out well for us, and it worked out well for the youngsters that came to our program. You know, they weren't be, they weren't highly recruited, and they weren't recruited by major universities in the, in the country. And so it was an excitement and 
enthusiastic uh, event for them to get recruited by a quote-unquote major school. And, uh, and it worked out great. Uh, I, and, and, you know, uh, during the entire period of time, you know, uh, almost 40 years of uh, being there, uh, that philosophy never changed. Now, we did get, you know, some of those five stars and four stars, et cetera, <clears throat> excuse my voice, uh, in the recruiting process, but that wasn't our attempt. You know, we just, we loved those guys that had, oh, what would you say, uh, something to prove, uh, something they wanted to be uh, in an environment, in a major college environment, but very few people were going to give them the opportunity to do so. No and, doubt about it. Coach, unfortunately, we're we're up against the time uh, you bet. frame here. If you've got time, we'd love to hold you over for another segment, but that's up to you. I know you're a busy man, and if you've got something to do, we won't. But um, if you've got time, we'd like to have you on right after the commercials for a little while longer. Okay, so just be after right after a commercial? Uh, there's probably about three minutes of commercials. Okay, okay, I can do that. All right, well, thank you, Coach. Hang on the line, and we'll uh, we'll get you. Thank you so much. Talk Radio 96.7. We've got Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone. The Ozone tonight brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors, turning scrap metal into cash. All right. Our Hall of Fame Kansas State coach, uh, Bill Snyder, has agreed to stay over for one more segment with us. Coach, we are just so glad to have you with us tonight. I can't thank you enough. You had a tremendous coaching tree. Here's some of the guys that coached with you, Mike Stoops, Bob Stoops, Brett Bielema, Dan McCarney, who was an assistant at Florida and then went on to be the head coach at Iowa State, Mark Mangino, who did a great job at Kansas, Jim Levitt at um, USF, Brent Venables, just to name a few. And um, w- those guys made you look pretty good, huh? Well, there and there were a lot more than that, and you're absolutely right. They'd make me look far better than I am. I remember Steve Spurrier talking about how he ended up hiring Bob Stoops. He said, we couldn't get off the field on third down. He said, I looked over the statistics, and the guy that got his team off the field on third down the most was a guy named Bob Stoops at Kansas State. So when you get a guy like that and he's going to go on somewhere else, what what do you tell him? What do you say to him? Well, I you know – the uh, Bobby uh, Bobby played for me uh, for us when we were at the University of Iowa, and uh, was a you know an amazing player. Uh, wasn't the most talented young player in the country, but he was he worked harder than anybody else, and he got more out of what was there than uh, anyone else. And when I went to Kansas State from the University of Iowa. Uh, I asked Bobby if he would want to go along with, and uh, Bobby consented to do so. He wasn't a full-time coach at uh, Iowa, so you know it was uh, it was a step up for him. And he came and uh, really had a great career coaching in uh, in our program, and went on from there and had the obvious success that he has. Our guest tonight. 
the legendary Bill Snyder, longtime Kansas State University football coach, uh, took a program that uh, couldn't win maybe more than a game or two a, a season, and uh, by 1995, they started a string of 108 consecutive weeks ranked in the AP poll. By the way, that's the 16th longest streak in college football history. And he is seven times Conference Coach of the Year, four times National Coach of the Year. And you won the Big 12 finally, Coach, in 2003. And by 2005, you stepped down from Kansas State. But then you came back. And I guess the question would be what compelled you to leave in 2005? And more importantly, what compelled you to come back and and take the job again in 2009, where you kept it for 10 more seasons? Well, it was really pretty simple. I, you know, I thought we had uh, taken the program to a point where it was respectable uh, throughout the country. And that was the, that was basically what, what the primary goals were. And uh, I thought it was, uh, it was time for somebody else to step in. I knew I wasn't going to coach forever. And, uh, and it was important to uh, maintain the quote-unquote integrity of the program and get somebody in there that, uh, <clears throat> that could do exactly that and would be successful. And, and I wanted someone to come in while the program was uh, at its best uh, and not have to go out and look for somebody when the program is down. And uh, so we were <clears throat> that that was the purpose anyway of stepping down. Uh, and I came back three years later because uh, in all reality, it just wasn't going the direction that I had hoped for. And uh, I needed to <clears throat> make sure that we could get it back on track if that was possible. And uh, so I accepted the opportunity and responsibility coach in in your illustrious career i know it would be difficult but was there one game that stands out to you that was memorable above the others oh there are absolutely so many uh Give you us know a i'd have to say that, well i would say the very first victory that uh, we had uh, i think was north texas state and uh, it was just the fact that, that Kansas State had not won. You know, they'd won one ball game in the previous, I think, three seasons, something like that. And uh, that and that was, you know, our initiation into the into uh, the program. And that so that that had significant meaning. You know, it just brought back the idea that yes, you know, yes, you can win. Uh, I think, uh, you know, some of the uh, uh, fortunate victories that, uh, that we had over, uh, over a number of years against, uh, you know, the quality programs within the, within the state of, or within the, you know, state of football or, or football throughout the country were significant. And, again, there were so many that it's hard to pick out one you know, particular one out uh, again. The, the first win obviously becomes the most uh, most significant. Uh, I think the first victory over Nebraska. 
you know, was a major issue. Uh, I say major issue is a, a prominent victory for Kansas State. Hadn't uh, <clears throat> hadn't beaten Nebraska in 30 years or so, something like that. And uh, you know, Nebraska obviously was as big a name as there is in college football. And <clears throat> to be able to uh, you know step up and do that when we were just initiating the program was really a uh, you know, it was a special victory. I still, you know, uh, feel strongly about uh, about that and the young people that were involved in that uh, particular season. Uh, but there, there are so many of them. You know, it just really that uh, they were very meaningful, not just to me, but more importantly, they were so significant to Kansas State and the people of Kansas State and the those people that sacrifice so much, you know, to stay involved at Kansas State. You know, it was it was not a very popular program. The, the average attendance at Kansas State when we went there was thirteen thousand. Oh my gosh! And you know, it, it, had they had one more season of that, they would have become a Division two school. There was a there was a an NC two A rule. I don't know what it is now, but at that time there was an NC2A rule that you had to have an average attendance. I believe it was 19,000 in order to remain a Division One school. And here is a, you know, a program like Kansas State University about to become uh, demoted to a Division Two school. And uh, obviously, that's something that uh, uh, would have would have been so costly the university uh, and certainly in prestige, but it would have cost them more money than they could afford to lose as well. So it was uh, uh, it, it was very prominent that uh, we were able to maintain that uh, uh, the ability to become a, or to stay as a uh, uh, major college program. I always wanted to know, Coach, in, in situations like yours, you coached for a very long time and did maintain a, a high standard uh, of, of winning. Uh, you, you were very successful for uh, the better part of 30, 30 years. Now, in, in, as you came up through the ranks in the 80s, there was the way coaches coached. And it, 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 to me, at least, it seems like it's different now. And you coached all the way till 2018. So, so how did how did you see it? As did coaching change? Did it change you the way you related to players over the course of all those years? Well, it, you know, it didn't change me. You know, I'm kind of a stubborn individual anyway. <laughs> people tell you. Uh, <clears throat> but you know, I just. I have that strong belief that, you know, when you believe strongly in something that, uh, you know, if you, uh, if you waver, you know, that's an extreme weakness. And I always felt strongly about uh, the quality of character, about how hard people worked, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And it was important to me to always be that way. And I, I never changed. And I think, I think players that have been in our program will tell you the same thing. I, from day one in 1989, you know, until whatever the last day was, uh, I honestly, now somebody may tell you different, but I honestly don't think that I changed personally uh, in my approach, 
you know, I, I always cared about young people, and I I couldn't see why that should change in anybody's eyes. I always believed in hard work, and that made sense to me, always has. I always believed in uh, the character, quality character of our youth, and uh, that hasn't changed. So, you know, it was, I, I don't think there was any feelings or beliefs that I had that changed at any time during during my career. Coach, one and, last question. And none that I really questioned. I wanted to ask Sorry, you, with the winning that you brought to Kansas State, did the fan base ever become jaded going from one win in a few years to 10 wins a season becoming almost routine? Well, I, uh, we've, we've had a, a marvelous fan base, and I think the vast majority, you know, truly do realize, you know, where it was uh, prior to where it, you know, has become. Uh, there are probably, I, I don't know for sure, but I think there are probably those that maybe kind of joined the program uh, during those highly successful years and <laughs> probably came to expect that all the time. But uh, the, you know, 99.9% of the people that have supported Kansas State understand, you know, where it was, where it became, and have a great appreciation for it and uh, positively support it. You well, know, you certainly... Said, you know, we started with... 13,000 average attendance, and uh, in four years we sold out of 50,000 stadium and, and had to add 10,000 seats, uh, and it's been sold since. What a tribute to what you accomplished there. Coach, we can't thank you enough for your time being with us tonight. And uh, would you have time to do a show liner? That I think I texted you something. Would you have time to do that? Um, um, we're gonna we're gonna end the interview, but if you could hang on the line for just a second and read that show liner, we would sure appreciate it. Okay, well I will if I can find it. <laughs> All right, <laughs> All right. Genuine pleasure, Coach. Thank you so much, Coach Bill Snyder, Hall of Famer, on the field and off the field. You're listening to Ronnie O and Coach Joe on Talk Radio 96.7 WLKF. This is Coach Bowden, former Florida State head football coach. Be sure to listen in on Ronnie O and Coach Joe. Ronnie O and Coach Joe, yeah, they're right here in the Ozone. The Ozone, brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors of Lakeland. All right, Ronnie O and Coach Joe. And tell you what, we are feeling benevolent tonight. Here's what we're going to do. If you want to go out to Miller's Lakeland Ale House, Eat and drink and take $30 off your tab. All you got to do, if you haven't won in the last six months, and we got a list. So, six months, remember that. All you got to do is call in at 682-1430. At 682-1430 and tell us, Kansas State University, what are the nickname of their athletic teams? 682-1430. That's all you got to do. And you can go out to Miller's Lakeland Ale House, located at 5650 South Florida Avenue. You can go out there and eat and drink and have drink meal specials every night of the week. 
you can go out there and you can eat and drink a lot for 30 bucks, right, Coach Joe? Oh, you sure can. Hey, Ronnie, uh, of the NBA draft tonight, the Orlando Magic had the sixth pick, and they just picked a few minutes ago, and they picked Anthony Black, the shooting guard out of Arkansas. In fact, of these first seven picks in the NBA draft tonight, only two of them were college players, both from the SEC, had a number six pick. Black goes to uh, Orlando, and the number two pick in the draft by Charlotte, Brandon Miller out of Alabama. All right. Well, you go out to Miller's Lakeland Ale House, say hello to the new general manager, Dylan Gartrell. Dylan would love to meet you, and um, he will know about the $30 uh, off your tab, and you can eat and drink a lot for that. Roxy, how you doing tonight? I'm doing fine. Enjoyed your program. Well, thank you very much. Um, you, do you know about Coach Snyder? Yes. How do you know about him? Because I'm a Kansas girl, too. Oh, okay. Uh, and this is going to be an easy question. Well, there you go. <laughs> so, what are the nicknames of Kansas State's university's teams? The Wildcats. a girl. a girl. You ever been out to Miller's Lakeland Ale House to eat? Um, it's been a long time ago, but yes. Well, you sound like you might be hungry and thirsty then. Yeah, I am hungry. I'm thirsty, yes. a girl. That's that's the people we like to win <laughs> And um, do you have a husband or a boyfriend or somebody you're going to take uh, with you? No, but maybe Easy, I can Ronnie. find somebody. <laughs> oh, oh man. Uh, Coach Joe and I are available. <laughs> I think you can probably do better than that, though. <laughs> so, so, hey, Roxy, you know, we were talking to Bill Snyder, but uh, the Kansas State basketball team was pretty good this year. Did you get a chance to uh, follow their run through the playoffs? Oh, yes, I do. I do. Yeah, I do. I like it basketball, really. And I watch K State and KU basketball. They're both good teams. Now, which is your favorite? Well, Kansas State. Oh, had a girl. Well, you know, there's quite a history really there with the University of Florida. You had Long Kruger come to the Gators as a basketball coach, and then you had Bob Stoops come as a defensive coordinator, and uh, Dan mm-hmm. McCarney came as a defensive line coach to Florida, and then went on to be a successful head coach at Iowa State. So there, and then of course Jim Levitt the most successful coach in USF's history came from there. He was co-defensive coordinator under Bill Snyder back with Bob Stoops. Yeah. 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 So there's quite a history there. And, um, well, you know, you're going to have 30 days to go out and claim your prize at the ale house. Yeah. And, um, we are so proud that you called in tonight and won. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. All right. Hang on the line. Eric will get your information. And don't let him go with you because you won't get anything to eat. He'll eat and drink all $30 oh, worth and more. Cut it out, Ronnie. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, uh, Ronnie and Roxy, the, uh, Keontae Johnson, of course, was a, oh, that's a right. great Gator player who uh, had a health mishap. And uh, he, he was the leader of the Kansas State team as they made their run uh, past Michigan State all the way to the uh, lead eight before the uh, bowing out just short yeah. of the final four. So you know, a great run for them. Even before Bill Snyder came, K-State had some great quarterbacks. Steve Grogan came from there, Lynn Dickey, a oh, couple yeah. of the guys, and Josh Freeman. Remember him with the Bucks? He yeah. was their first-round yeah. pick. Yeah, and we, and we talked a little bit about Michael Bishop with him. Who, uh, oh, he was outstanding. He was he was great college quarterback. He was incredible, yeah. He uh, he he got a, he, he got he ended up in New England where he sort of like uh, backed, them, backed up uh, – 
them for a while. As it turned out, uh, they went with a guy named Brady instead. <laughs> That's their main guy. <laughs> Timing's how, how everything, he right? End up? <laughs> that Brady guy. Yeah. He did okay, didn't he? He did all right. So, so Bishop ended up backing him up a little bit. Well, in the College World Series, LSU is batting in the bottom of the seventh. They've got a runner on first with two outs. Nothing, nothing still. Nil-nil, as they say in soccer, right? Hey, what's this, Ronnie, about LSU, speaking of them having to vacate their wins from 2012 to 2015 uh, and that Les Miles now is no longer eligible for the College Football Hall of Fame? Oh, I hadn't heard about that. What, from eating grass? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I don't know if that's related to the Will Wade stuff. We were talking about that off the air a little bit. Uh, it uh, might be a topic of conversation in next week when we uh, we'll get into the details of that. This is all stuff that's just, folks, it's just kind of happening as we go. We're trying to find out more about the Shane McClanahan injury. And, uh, uh, yeah, LSU football has had to vacate all wins from 2012 to 2015. You know, that is silly. Don't vacate the wins. Take scholarships. That's what hurts. That's that's just bookkeeping. Yeah, I mean, nobody's going to say, hey— we just beat LSU in 2012. Did you hear about that? No. That that's 37 wins, Ronnie, including two bowl games because of a former offensive lineman, Vedal Alexander. He was ineligible his entire college career. <laughs> Th- these just came down just a little while ago. The rulings related to Will Wade in the basketball program too. So a lot of violations. We'll get all the details of this and and talk about it some more because LSU uh, got beat up a little bit today, and maybe yeah, their baseball bit. team can can help them out. Well, has has been their custom. The Rays are beating up on the Royals. It's 5-3 Rays. And, uh, man, I tell you what, the Rays are just unbelievable what they have accomplished with such a small budget. It, it just never ceases to amaze me. And it's fun to watch. My grandson's a big Rays fan. So uh, I'm happy for him. Even though I'm a Red Sox fan, we're in last place. We'd be leading the Central Division if we were in the Central Division. But, you know. Um, that's just the realignment. way realignment yeah yeah exactly exactly we want to go over to the central division and play the rest of the season we're tired of this business I'll tell you well an enjoyable show tonight I mean what a treat to have Bill Snyder one of the all time greats I mean I don't know if resurrected is the right program because I'm not sure there was anything to build on when he got there 45 scholarship players coach Joe program exists only because of Bill Snyder. It's amazing. Exactly right. 